We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. We've got Lakers versus Warriors tonight. Should be a good one. LeBron versus Steph. Lakers, Warriors, both teams trying to turn things around in the Western Conference. Should be a good one there. You can join us over on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. Watch the game with us or hang out at the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. Our play-by-play will be up there as well. A little bit earlier start time than usual on this one. This is a 5.30 Pacific time start on ABC. So come join us over on the YouTube channel or Playback. Hang out with us during the game we've got a lot to talk about on today's show plenty of things to dive into we've got uh, an injury update on cam reddish we need to talk about i want to spend a lot of time talking about the trade front specifically what if the lakers don't get the murray then what do they do what's plan b we also need to open up the mailbag as well joining me is sean davis sean how are you doing i'm doing good trevor glad to be back on and um I just want to say this. I've been thinking about this all day because of the importance of what our yesterday at the time of this recording was. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna shout you out. I'm gonna shout out a lot of uh, like Lakers content creators in general because four years ago, yesterday at the time it's being posted, is probably the toughest day to be a Laker fan, but to be a Lakers content creator in general, right? Because you can't not talk about it, but. Like, I can only imagine, like, obviously, like, dealing with that situation, but having to talk about it, like, mm-hmm. on a camera and go through your whole thoughts and emotions, I wouldn't have been able to do it personally. So I commend you, and I commend the bunch of other people that were able to uh, muscle up the strength to do that. So it was just on my mind a lot today. So shout out to you, Trev. Talking about, obviously, the the, the anniversary of, of Kobe and Gigi and everything else that happened with the that uh, helicopter crash. That was, yeah, that was not a fun day, that's for sure. And it, it's, uh, I put this out there on X uh, at Trevor underscore Lane uh, yesterday. As, as you're listening to this, it's yesterday. We're recording this, though, Friday evening here. But, um, yeah, I put it out there that it just, it's still, it doesn't feel real. You know, uh, we did a members only live show um, yesterday and uh, and I was telling some of our channel members, I said, you know, it still feels like today, like right now, if Kobe just walked out onto the court and sat down right courtside, that would feel normal to me. It would like it would take me a moment to stop and go, wait, wait, no. How is this happening? Right. 
Mm. Like it still feels like he could just walk out onto the court right now. And and that that is something that we should just expect or something like that. Like it does not feel real it's still. And I thought that would go away. I thought that would go away and it hasn't. That yeah. for me anyway, that has not gone away. So that's been um yeah, that was it. That was a really tough day but back then. Uh it's still tough now, but you know, but uh but I appreciate that, Sean. Yeah, I remember we uh Chris Masters and I actually did a live show that night bringing everybody together just to talk through everything and and all of that. It was not easy, but uh but we got through it together. I talk about this all the time, but that's that's actually my favorite moment from from Lakers Nation. I mean, you'd think it would be like winning the championship in 2020. Obviously, that was amazing. And, yeah. and Kobe was part of that too. But it was seeing how many people like leaned on each other during that time um, that reached out and supported each other. That was was very, very cool. That was the, I don't even know if I want to call it the silver lining to such a, a tragedy, but it was, um, it, it was, it was really incredible just to see the way Lakers fans came together during that time. So, Anyway, yeah, that was um, that was a tough day for sure, and and I'm glad you brought that up, Sean. Yeah, um, there are moments I think uh, in life and in sports in general where you can remember where you were at, what you're doing, down to the last. Day. I remember exactly everything about that day. I remember I yep. did like 15 minutes up to what I found out to how the rest of my day went, and. Yeah, that that's like there's a few Russell Westbrook well, uh, trade was ironically another one of those. Oh man, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That was that was certainly certainly tough. Um, yep, definitely. Hey, I remember where I was when moment big time. Uh, all right, we've got we've okay, got some. Bad, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Yeah. Now, now we got now we got to talk. Uh, we do have Lakers Warriors tonight. Uh, real quick, you know, I'm not going to dig into the whole. At this point, we kind of know the matchup. Uh, the Warriors are a slight favorite right now. LeBron and AD, as we're recording this, are listed questionable. I'd imagine both are probably going to play. Cam Reddish, though, uh, this is an actual update that we got. Cam Reddish is going to be out for two weeks. And then he's going to get reevaluated. Uh, sprained his ankle, landing on James Harden's foot. Harden kind of did a little kick out. And I, I have to think, Sean, if that had gone the if that was the other way, if James Harden was shooting a jumper and Cam Reddish stuck his leg out the way James Harden did, and Harden landed on Cam Reddish's ankle, it's a flagrant foul. Right. So why was I think maybe that's a blind spot in the rules? Maybe it's because it doesn't happen all that often. Typically, the offensive player lands second. But in that case, James Harden sticking his leg out, trying to, I believe he was trying to draw a foul, has now taken Cam Reddish out of the game for, for two weeks. That's something that, that should be mentioned, that if you're going to protect the shooter, you need to protect the defensive player as well. I don't think the league does a great job of like protecting defensive players in general. Um, I mean, it's one of the biggest reasons why I was a big I was so against the like ban the charge, you know, fake movement that was going on last season. Right, right around the time I think it was Ja that had gotten hurt because of a charge. I'm like, dog, there's so many like rules and, and ways that the game is now benefiting the offensive player. Um, and even things like that, like now, like Zaza Petrulia thing that really kind of mm -hmm. made the like landing space thing a, a big deal back in 2017. Okay, I get it, right? But 
like the kicking your leg out. Yeah, they call it, but it's so inconsistent with the the calling of it, and it led to Cam Rush being hurt. Where if it was the reverse and it's a landing spot issue, okay, Cam Rush is gonna get the bare minimum of flagrant one, and rightfully so, right? But like it's not reciprocated yeah. equally because now Cam Rush is hurt for a very similar play, just the roles are reversed. So it's unfortunate, unfortunate uh, um, that Cam's hurt, and hopefully he's able to get back and ready i mean definitely post all-star break so hopefully for a speedy recovery for cam yeah for sure for sure hopefully cam will be uh will be good to go and as you said the all-star break coming up uh hopefully gabe vincent comes back shortly after the all-star break as well uh we also have the trade deadline though coming up so let's talk a little bit about that because and i know we're at a point where we're almost at like trade talk oversaturation, right and that's that's typical this time of year. A lot of rumors, a lot of notebook pieces and things coming out. But one of the things that I think we should talk a little bit about, John, is what do the Lakers do if DeJounte is a no-go? If that because right now everything is is kind of focused on on DeJounte Murray, right? Like he's not only is he uh the prime target for the Lakers, which I believe is is a thing. Um, I think that's accurate. I think he is their prime guy. He's their main target, but he's also probably the biggest name on the trade market period. So you've got kind of the double whammy there, right? Like where you've got the national attention because he's the big name right now that's on the trade market. It's a sure. fairly soft trade market in general because as evidenced by DeJounte Murray being the big name out there, right? There's no, you know, James Harden that already happened. You know, some of the other bit like OGN and Nobi, that already happened. So in terms of the pieces that are remaining, this is kind of the big the big thing that's still out there. Um, and then on top of that, it's a Lakers thing. So that only magnifies it even further. But I look at this situation, and I know it was a different front office, but the Hawks are the team that, and Jake Fisher brought this up on the front office show uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. Keith Smith and I had him on, which if you guys haven't checked out that episode, you should go check it out. We touched on a lot of teams and what they're going to be doing at the trade deadline. But the Hawks are the team that had John Collins on the trade market for years. It was a running bit on the front office show that John Collins was somehow still an Atlanta Hawk. Like he survived. It felt like he survived countless he trade deadlines. In Nantes, didn't he? What, I, I think he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. So this is... This is that team, right? And he's under contract for four years. I buy that the Hawks want Austin Reeves. And I think it's a it's a non-zero chance that the Hawks are trying to wait out the Lakers and just hoping that the Lakers cave and say, okay, here's Austin Reeves. And then they'll do the deal. Jake put out that the Hawks want two first-round picks plus a good player. I don't think they're getting that. I think that the whole D'Lo, a first, maybe a pick swap, stuff like that. Can they get can they get some value for him? For sure. But I think the Lakers, Tyus Jones, you know, Jeremy Grant, some of these other guys we've heard connected to them, I think the closer we get to the trade deadline, the more the Lakers have to look at those guys because you have to consider the possibility that the Hawks are just trying to wait out the Lakers. Number one, hoping the Lakers cave and give Austin Reeves up, which I do not believe they will. Multiple people that I've spoken to who would be familiar with things like this sure. have, have been assured that Austin's not moving. Now, obviously, that can change with one phone call. 
and it and it changes if suddenly an all-star player becomes available. I don't think Austin's getting traded based on everything I've heard. But if this DeJounte thing never comes to fruition and the closer we get to the trade deadline, the more the Hawks are just kind of hemming and hawing, maybe waiting for another team to increase their offer, the more the Lakers need to hone in on what else is out there. So, Sean, that's my long-winded roundabout way of saying what what should plan B look like for these Lakers? Um, I, I think you're in a in a really really weird spot with D'Angelo Russell and Yovan had a really really good point on a on a you know guest appearance mm-hmm. talking about the Lakers are in a lose lose situation with D'Lo if they don't trade them. It's one. I mean, lose-lose more so in terms like after this season. If D'Lo keeps sure. balling out this year, that's obviously a, a positive for you. But it's lose-lose after this season. Because if D'Lo balls out and he opts out, you have to commit to him for a much longer – you either have to let him walk, you lose the asset, or you commit to him at a much larger price tag that you probably don't want to and you're really like locking yourself in on this mm-hmm. four-headed monster of D'Lo, Austin, LeBron, AD. Um, it, or – he opts in. He opts in, and you know, his- if he opts in, it means he had a he had a probably rough, you know, <laughs> next few months of the season for him to opt in, right? Yeah, I mean, and then again, if that happens, then he probably he loses even more trade value than he already has. In my opinion, I actually probably. think though, like that's not even if let's say he struggles the rest of the season, you would he would be uh, worst case. Then he's an eighteen million, eighteen point six, almost seven million dollar expiring contract that's not awful but you're right they're in a tough spot yeah with that so if we're talking about this year i think you divert quickly to a couple other guys i think the priority still needs to be backup big three and d guard or wing so the names are still fairly like the same in my opinion I just mm-hmm. think you're, you're, it gets a little bit more tricky. Like if we talk about a Bruce Brown, or like a Dorian Finney-Smith or any of those other guys, then I'm almost saying you can have Ruby. D'Lo is now kind of, yeah, I'm not trading him, right? So, and that's, that's what that's, we're saying. Like, that's, Bruce that's Brown, the thing. I'm not trading D'Lo. That, right? Dorian Finney-Smith, not trading D'Lo. Um, none of these other dudes that we've heard about. Uh, how, how serious do you think Jeremy Grant is? He's on not a... Very. Yeah, I mean, I was just really quickly pulling up his contract to some of his data. He's on a five-year contract. You would probably need Elo's contract if, to get it oh, done. Oh, yeah, but if, you if absolutely would. Case. But I don't, I don't think Portland's going to move him. They should, yeah, but I don't think they, I don't think they will. So, I think if you don't get the Dejounte deal done, and I kind of been saying for a little while, I think you've also been saying this that there was like kind of too much smoke around it. I mean, kind of hoping it might still happen, but there was a lot of smoke. And now it seems uh, that, you know, Atlanta wants to kind of stall the Lakers out Lakers out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think you you still pivot to the, the 3 and D wings and guards and mm-hmm. the backup bigs that we've talked about. But I just think instead of it being Austin that's not available, it's Austin and Dilo. We're not trading either one of you, and we're which sucks for the long-term, you know, outlook of the team. But for this year, it just makes the most sense. So you're in a bind, man. If the Lakers said here, take D'Lo, I, I get it. But I for this year's team, I think you're, it's kind of silly to say here's here's D'Lo just because he's going to be an expiry next year or whatever. 
Exactly. Especially if what's out there is the Lakers have to pay someone to take D'Lo. Oh, yeah. If I no. have to pay you to take hey, Hang up the damn phone if that's, if that's what it is, right? I mean, that's... It, no, you're not, you're not doing that. You're not paying somebody to take on a guy that's been on a heater for the last couple of weeks. I know he runs hot and cold. He's going to have a cold stretch too. We know that's coming. But just to get a contract that goes beyond this year that doesn't put you in that situation, like I'm not not doing. I'm not taking a worse player. The Lakers need to upgrade. They don't need to downgrade. I'm not. I'm not trading D'Lo to get Tyus Jones and have the certainty of an expiring contract. Right, I'm not doing that. So that's that's where things get get particularly tricky. Like you said, is Dejounte Murray is the only guy that's he's not the only guy you would trade D'Lo for. Period. But he's the only guy that's on the market right now that we've heard. Where I'd say, okay, that's that makes sense. Right. At the very worst, even if you're a huge D'Lo fan, at the very worst, Dejounte Murray is a lateral move, and then you get the additional the the added value of the contract, right? He's under contract for four years. So that would be a big benefit. And that's at the worst case. He's probably, he's he's certainly more consistent than D'Angelo Russell. So the problem is, if it's not DeJounte Murray, I don't see who I'm moving D'Lo for. So then yeah. that, that gets you into a different situation. Then you're talking about, okay, well, would you move Rui? And who are you targeting? You know, Sean, one of the other things that uh, that needs to be brought up is the Lakers right now are only about 1.6-ish million dollars above the luxury tax. Yeah. So I think even if there is, even if the Lakers can't find the move that they think is going to put them over the top, which maybe that's not the path we want to see, but that's possible. They're going to do something because they're too close to resetting that repeater tax to not at least try to take advantage of that. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it's gonna be interesting. So, do you call up Orlando, or is Orlando like a third team in your opinion? Or call up Orlando about D'Lo? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're calling everybody right now. But like the teams the Lakers have traded with in the past, Orlando, Washington, Utah, right? These are these are the teams the Lakers have done business with. So they're obviously gonna be gonna be chatting. Orlando makes some sense, but I don't know if Orlando wants D'Lo or not. I think he would make some sense there, but the Lakers are going to end up with Colin Sexton, aren't they? Nothing against Colin Sexton, good player. Yeah, but I like I like Colin Sexton. I don't know. I think I'd rather have D'Lo. Yeah, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But rather have D-Lo. But that's where I, you've got to have a plan B ready. And I guess the plan B for me really should be, okay, if we're not going to get the big guy, right? We're not going to get DeJounte Murray. I want to accomplish two things then. Okay. If I find a trade that I can stack up a couple players that make sense to move D-Lo, okay. Like, and it's it's hard to come up with the exact thing, but like if you're telling me I could get like Alex Caruso and Andre Drummond, and somehow I only have to give up D'Lo or something. Like that's just, and maybe that's not the best example because I think Wendell there's gonna be Carter some Jr. and Gary Harris. Sure, there you go. Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. Gary Harris. If you can do something like that, and D'Lo's the piece going out. I know the math doesn't quite work on that, but yeah, then okay, right. But if you're unless you're gonna get two true rotation guys, and you're not gonna get the like, hey, we're gonna upgrade at the position guy. I'm not trading D'Lo, and I'm not trading that 2029 first. No. Because I'd want to hang on to that and say, okay, well, if this isn't going to work out, let's have potentially, if we need to, three first-round picks this offseason to play with, whether it's Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, whoever, just in case somebody else comes up on the market. So those two things, I'm probably not going to move in that scenario. So... Then you're looking for more minor moves and you're looking to see, as you said, can you get a backup big? And you're banking on this team as is clicking as the season goes on. Can you get a backup big? Can you add somebody who can shoot the ball? Could you add a wing player without giving up a first? Which isn't going to be easy. Right now, everybody is asking for a first for everything. But that's what you're looking at. And I know people will say, oh, well, then you're punting on the season. If the move's not there, it's not there. And I think you got to be careful if you're the Lakers. You don't make a move just to just to make a move. And again, the DeJounte Murray thing may well still work out. But they got to have some fallback options here. And I think three-point shooting would be key. A wing would be key. They're going to have to try to be opportunistic buyers. A backup big, you probably don't get all of those things. But if you get one or two, that may be enough. Um, I brought him up a minute ago. Maybe that's one Alex Caruso where I would come off that don't trade the 2029 first. There's a few guys I, I come off that for, but yeah. Alex is definitely one of them. Did you um, see the way he navigated those screens? The other yeah, night? he made LeBron's life hell in that second half. I know mm. LeBron still like got his numbers and the Lakers still put up 141 points, but that is no fault to Alex Caruso. Like Chicago so reportedly wants two first, but would you would you do this? Would you do JHS? Okay, and a first and Gabe. So yeah. you're clearing a, you're clearing a little bit of salary there for Caruso and Drummond. Would you do that? <laughs> yes, here right? by JHS. Right, like I would do that, and I think I think a 
Caruso, D'Lo, Reeves backcourt, knowing that I don't know what the future looks like for D'Lo this summer, but that makes a lot of sense to me. That makes Damn. a lot of sense to me. Hot take. I'm starting Alex Caruso and making one of those other dudes come off the bench because it makes just way more sense. Then you can hide one of them and let and, AZ get the better matchup. And skill set wise, in theory, now assuming Max would be, you know, maybe Max Christie would be like a 10 minute a night guy or whatever, but you would have Caruso and Christie who would be, while they're not the same player, three and D style guards mixed in with D'Lo and Austin who are more ball handling, get into the paint, three-point shooting, you know, scoring-focused guards also can, can run the offense. So skill set-wise, it makes it a little bit easier to mix and match so that you do have uh, not as much overlap. I, The more I think about this, Sean, the more I'm really liking that as a fallback. Again, I don't know if Chicago would do it, but if the asking price is two firsts and I'm giving them JHS and a first, Will they at least meet me halfway and consider JHS as being close enough to a first that they'd pull the trigger on it? Um, now, the problem is I'd also be asking them to take back Gabe Vincent. Right now, he's probably negative value on that contract. Sure. Maybe that that pulls the whole thing apart. But it's um, something, something like that would be an attractive plan B if I'm the Lakers. Alex Caruso, going back to all the way to his last season as a Laker, has shot at least 37% or higher on catch-and-shoot threes. Um, his season with the Lakers, he shot 41% on catch-and-shoot threes, 48.7% on like uncontested catch-and-shoot threes. Then first year, Chicago, 37%, or rounding up to get there. Uh, then last season, 38%. And this season in Chicago, he is shooting... 42.5% on catch-and-shoot threes, 41.1% on guarded catch-and-shoot, and 43.3% on uncontested catch-and-shoot threes. Now, he turns 30 next month. Would that give you any hesitation? No. Yeah. I'd still do it. I'd still Bring do it. Um, other other guys to maybe look at, um, you know, there's Bruce a few Brown. names that are out there. Oh, what's that? Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown, sure. Bruce yeah, Brown would cost you that first to to get him, but and then to get him, you would have to do Bruce Brown with a Rui deal. Um, if you're not willing to part with D'Lo, uh, which Bruce Brown and D'Lo on the same team, that'd be interesting. That'd be hilarious. That do be. you do Bruce Brown for for Rui? Yes, I think so. I think I would. I think it would, especially with Vando now showing that he's his old self again. Yeah. Um. I'd be more willing to do that. It's you're kind of banking on LeBron not getting hurt because Rui is the 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 fill in should LeBron get hurt. But yeah, I think I would do that. Um, there's not a lot else out there, and again, we still have almost two weeks to go till the trade deadline, so a lot of other stuff can come out. But it's going to be important for the Lakers to find a, a plan B because the more I hear about the Dejounte Murray thing, the more suspicious I am of the Atlanta Hawks and what they're actually trying to do right now. Come on. I mean, and look, it takes one text, one phone call to put all this on track. And next thing you know, you've got a done deal, but we know what the Lakers offer is. The Hawks do too. They're going to take their time. They're going to wait. They're going to see if somebody beats that offer. 
And it's possible that they're saying, you know what, we'll leave this sitting out there and trade deadline's going to come and go and we're never going to accept it. And let's just leave it and see if anybody tries to top it. That's possible yeah. too. That's possible too. Or they may come back. They may come back an hour before the deadline and say, hey, all right, guys, uh, let's do this deal, but uh, we need Reeves instead of D'Lo. Go. No. And try to put, and yeah, and I think the Lakers, everything I've heard is they're going to say no. I'm not so, blinking either. Yeah. I wouldn't. All right. So going to be important. The Lakers do have a plan B, some other options that are, that are going to be out there. We don't know what's going to happen with the DeJounte Murray situation, but just something. I think we need to expand our focus a little bit and start considering some other paths that the Lakers can take. Of course, one of them is they do nothing. They wait till the buyout market. There's rumors that they're interested in Kyle Lowry. Should he get bought out? Um, but they wait for the buyout market and then, you know, figure out what's what there and then go into the summer with a little bit more flexibility with draft capital and all that. Yeah. So there are other options here, but yeah, I I still think they need to do something. At the, and I think they will. If it's just a cap clearing move, though, that'll be a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. But I don't think this team can let the trade deadline slip away and just say, well, shoot, we didn't get the Jonte Murray. Guess we're not going to do anything at all. They need yeah. to have at least some kind of minor move ready to go. Yeah, I was just about to ask you to kind of wrap this up. Is there any outcome where you think the Lakers just do nothing? I mean, the only is if every team is just flat out trying to fleece them, which I don't think is necessarily going to be the case. Then yeah. obviously, but you need to do something here. Yeah. I'm you need to give this team a little bit. We're going to pause for just a moment and give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Harry's Razors. You know, sometimes in order to get what you want, you got to forge your own path. That's essentially what I did with the LakersNation.com podcast, which you're listening to and watching right now. I didn't know if that if this path was going to lead me to this place, but I knew what it was that I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about Lakers basketball, and that ultimately grew to what we are today, and we're very thankful to have everybody watching and listening. Harry's Razors is not all that dissimilar. They saw that customers were getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they wanted to do something better. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found their own way. They make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands, exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. And true story, everybody. Harry's Razors is actually the very first sponsor of the LakersNation.com podcast way back when. I'm talking eight years ago. Harry's was the first company to give us our first sponsorship ad read. I have been using Harry's Razors ever since that time. I actually use the Truman handle. It's absolutely fantastic. Fits great in your hand. Always gives me a close shave each and every time. That's consistency that I love. And you can get a five-blade razor weighted handle foaming shave gel and travel cover for just three bucks. Just go to harrys.com slash Lakers Nation. But Harry's does more than just razors. I also love their body wash is fantastic. They've got a great deodorant. In fact, my favorite is the stone scent, but they've got a lot of different options that you can try from. In fact, I got little samples of every single scent so that I can try them all because they all offer something very, very different and very unique. And so I wanted to kind of settle in on what I really like. Personally, my favorite is Stone, but there's a lot of other ones. I really like Redwood too. That one is my runner up right now. But Harry's is fantastic. As I said, they've got the razors are great. All the other products in terms of they've got 
uh, lotions and face care. They've got deodorants. They've got hair care products, all kinds of things that you can find over at harrys.com. So again, don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. Harry's.com slash Lakers Nation. That's Harry's.com slash Lakers Nation for a $3 trial set. All right, let's do a few of our mailbag questions here coming in. Uh, Jeremy was asking, will we ever get front office show slash LN merchandise? Um, Now, oh, you know what? These are some of my front office show. Uh, chat questions that I had left over from today. <laughs> that I I mixed them in with my Lakers Nation ones. This is oh, we no. did a live front office show. Um, it was a lot of fun. Again, we had Keith Smith and uh, here we go. Here's the here's the Lakers one. That's why it said I hope your back back is feeling better, Keith. On there, we got uh, we got the one that was a message, Keith. All right, here's the Lakers ones. Is there any way we could get Murray and DeRozan? I mean, like mathematically, I think you can. Yes. Um, I don't think it happens. So, yeah, no. The problem is they only have one first round pick, and right. Chicago would say, at the very least, Chicago would say, "Give us a first. and the same is obviously going to come from Atlanta. So, I don't think asset wise you can get it done. The math you can make work, though. Yeah. Uh, Purple Prince said, "Darvin's only goal every game played Torrey in at least thirty minutes." And is it me, or did D'Lo get completely ignored the last few minutes to not get one more three? I don't know if he got completely ignored. Like, I don't think that was something that was intentional or anything down the stretch against Chicago. Did you Did you feel that way? No. Um, I feel like the Lakers kind of just went away from the threes in general because I remember thinking, like, Hey, do they know that they're like three threes away from tying or breaking the record or, or whatever mm-hmm. point we were at at that time? And I feel like the Lakers should stop shooting the three. So I don't think they necessarily ignore D'Lo the last few minutes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Odera said, PSA to Darvin Ham. We live and die with every win because we see the potential in this team. When everyone is put in the right spots, we are top five in the league. I don't know if I can go that far. I will say, Sean, you know, Keith and I talk about this a lot, that there's there's every team, most teams anyway, like decent teams, they get about five games every season where they are just lights out and they win the game because they shoot insanely well. They also have like five games where they can't make anything and they lose those games. And it's the other 72 remaining games that really tell you what a team is. I believe that Chicago game was one of those five lights out shooting games. And so I don't take that as being like, evidence for sure that the Lakers have taken this big step. I thought they just shot the hell out of the ball and we're going to find out more about this team in the coming couple of weeks here. This six game road trip is critical. Yeah. I don't want to be negative, but the, my takeaway was like, okay, like obviously I'm happy with the win. I was the one that said, you got to go five and two. Yeah. But it's did my confidence level in this team grow after that win. No, you scored 140 points. Like that's just not sustainable. You gave up 130. Yeah, and it wasn't like they scored 140 points shooting 45% from the field, 35% from three, and they just crushed the offensive glass or something. Or they got to the free throw line or, you know, they they did a bunch of things that were sustainable. They shot the ball at a rate that's not sustainable. D'Angelo Russell, his shooting right now is not sustainable, but it's a hell of a lot of fun while it's happening, and so we're definitely (laughs) going to enjoy it. We're definitely going to enjoy it. We just know it's not going to last forever. Right. Uh Always winning said Vando should start over Prince. 
Uh, yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why I was thinking. Yes. I said, uh, my bad. Yes. Uh, G. Isabar said, the trade is Rui, Jackson Hayes, and Cam Reddish. Okay, so that's like $20 million going out. For Io Desunmu, Patrick Williams, and Drummond. Why would Chicago do that? Yeah, Rui does not. Rui's play doesn't match his contract. Vando has passed him. Honeymoon is over. I don't understand why Chicago would do that. Would Desunmu and... and and Williams, you're you're kind of like explaining why Chicago doesn't do this in the in your own super chat, right? <laughs> By saying Rui's play does not match his contract. Hold on, wait a bit. It doesn't match his contract. Why do I want him then? Why would Chicago want him if that's the if that's the? And I think Rui's play will ultimately match his contract. I think it hasn't due to injuries and some other things right now. But right. if I can avoid it, I, I would prefer not to sell low on on Rui. Uh, Jeremy said, sorry, D'Lo, but D'Lo and Rui for DeRozan, maybe include Drummond, pick up Lowry on the buyout market, and JHS, Hayes, and the pick for Wendell Carter. Math doesn't work on that. Uh, I really want Carter. Okay. Uh, D'Lo? Yeah, I think he's going to be in high demand, Carter will. Yeah. Relatively high. I mean, he's not, you know, break the bank type guy, but... Teams that that need another big are going to be looking at him. And, but the Lakers have a good relationship with Orlando. Um, maybe that's something you do. Oh, boy. Chef Zach said, going to Lakers versus Boston game next week. Decked Ooh. out in Laker gear. Wish me luck. Wow. Uh, good good I, luck. I love it. I hope the Lakers win. I know they're going to be the underdog going in that night. But, um, yeah. Good Good luck. I hope uh, everything works out great for you there. And I hope it's the Lakers a get a win. very hostile environment. For sure, but that's okay. Go there yeah. and get a win. Feel, feel even better. D. Simmons, it would be a mistake to get rid of D-Lo. I, it would be, uh, I'm going to add to that. It would be a mistake to get rid of D-Lo just for the sake of getting rid of D-Lo. Yeah. If D-Lo was on a three-year deal right now, this conversation would be so different. Yeah. It's really the contract. Yes, you've got some concerns about overlapping pros and cons with Austin. Right. In terms of the, their strengths and weaknesses kind of overlap a little bit. That makes it a little bit awkward. But, yeah, if D'Lo was, it didn't have that player option this summer, this would be a very, very different conversation. And he would have a very different trade market, too. Yeah. It's, just, it's really just the contract with him. Uh, why not look to reconsider bringing Kuzma back in the offseason? He's been having a good year. The Wizards want a lot for him. Yeah, just about to say. Multiple firsts for him. So that's the challenge there. Uh, Master Lock Ham benching Austin Reeves in the fourth quarter so Prince could get his 30 minutes. Shaking my head. I don't think it was a, a Prince getting a 30 minutes thing. I, was, I think it was... Your best lineups is I think the lineup it was Austin it was D'Lo, Torrey, and LeBron Bando AD. Mm-hmm. Like so far this year, those types of lineups have worked, right? Like that's yep. still a reason why like the a D'Lo, Max, Torrey, and LeBron AD is still like a plus sixteen on the year or something like that, right? Well, I believe so. I'd have to double check and, and pull the numbers, but I'm it's it's still good. Yeah, yeah. I was just more so saying like that's why I think they more so did that, not necessarily because. You know, we're going to play Torian. Well, all right. Let me ask you this. Is 
is uh, who's the better defender, Torian Prince or Austin Reeves? Torian, but not by much. Okay. So at that point in the game, the Lakers were up. The Bulls were scoring a bunch. And the Lakers needed defense in order to see the game through. They sure. brought in Vando. I thought Vando was going to come in for Prince. Vando came in for Austin. I didn't have a problem with it. Because you you needed to defend at that point. And Torian, you can make the argument. If nothing else, Torian is bigger. Right? Maybe a right. better chance to help you out there. So... In that scenario, so that specific scenario, I don't think that was about, oh, we need to get Prince more minutes. That was about, we're trying to get stops right now. And we're going to have one of D'Lo or Austin. In fact, Austin fouled a three-point shooter. <sighs> That's right. And that got him pulled, and D'Lo put into the game. So it made sense why he was doing it then. Now, if like Cam Reddish was available... Maybe it doesn't make it. Maybe, it, you know, if you're really trying to get stops, that's where you're protecting a 15-point lead. Okay, Vando, Cam, AD, LeBron, D'Lo, let's go. And we're going to switch the hell out of everything, and we're going to do everything we can to junk the game up and, and just try to get stops. Maybe that's a, a different scenario. But Prince, in this case, with Cam out, I thought he actually made sense in, in this in this situation. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that wraps that up. Um, again, we've got Lakers Warriors tonight. Hopefully you guys come join us for that. It's going to be a 530 Pacific time tip. So come join us over on playback.tv slash Lakers Nation or youtube.com slash Lakers Nation for our play-by-play. -play. That's going to be there. Uh, I'm going to be joined by Ryan Ward over there for that. So come join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Lakers go up to Golden State and get that W. Sean, we're going to keep an eye on the trade market, of course, and uh, we'll see what kind of magic Rob Palenka can work over the next, uh, I guess, week and a half now that we've got left. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready for a little. Let's get a trade done, Rob. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Appreciate you all for joining the show. Hopefully you're having a fantastic weekend. Let's get a win tonight, Lakers. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.